Welcome to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon, where we share amazing Dungeons & Dragons stories with you every two days. Now heading inside the dungeon, we have... How the party defeated the super-tough BBEG, using a secret weapon against him. Hi everyone, All Things D&D is back with a story. In my opinion, the best DMs reward out-of-the-box thinking, even if that means using the DM's secret weapon against him. But he rolled with it. Big respect for this group. Tell us what you think after you listen to the story. First off, I joined this campaign about two-thirds of the way through, taking over for one of the players who had just had a baby and couldn't make it to the sessions anymore. Also, this was a short homebrew 5e campaign, led by a first-time DM, who drew a lot of the inspiration for some of the characters, both good and bad, from Batman. This was also the first campaign everyone had played besides myself. I'd played a couple of other campaigns with another group before I joined these guys. The party was tasked with finding the masked vigilante who was killing citizens at night. We had Alora, the human druid, Juzo, the dragonborn monk, Thea, the elf wizard, Trogdor, the human fighter, and the character I took over playing, Akash, the tiefling sorcerer. Trogdor was a member of the police force of this city, and his boss who gave us this task was Captain Hamish Gordon. Upon investigation, the party quickly determined that all the people who were killed by the man we were after were all dangerous criminals some of who lead to much larger targets, such as Mr. J. As we were closing in on the identity of the vigilante, who we discovered was known as Imbaka, we were mysteriously invited to Lord Wayne's Manor for a dinner party. There he revealed himself to be Imbaka, shocker right, and confided in us his mission to cleanse this city of a great evil that was trying to take over. Side note, the city we were in, Gothenburg, was the second largest city in this world. It would be a pretty big deal if it were to fall to evil. During our private meeting with Lord Wayne, a group of assassins crashed the party and kidnapped Hamish's daughter Barbara. Since we were all in his hidden basement lair, we didn't realize what had happened until we came upstairs and the assassins were long gone. Cue a series of missions to track down where the assassins took Barbara, during which we were joined by Lord Wayne on and off and got to see how truly powerful he was, and during which Theo was kidnapped and rescued, but no sign of Barbara. After a few sessions, we finally had a pretty good idea of where the assassins took Barbara, a cave on the beach along the cliffs on the far outskirts of the city. Lord Wayne said he had something else to take care of and trusted that we could handle it on our own. So we told Hamish about the lead and invited him to come along to help rescue his daughter. We commissioned a boat to give us a ride, or rather Trogdor convinced the owner to give us a ride for the sake of justice, and we were off. We entered the cave, which turned out to be a clearly man-made structure with hallways, rooms, doors, traps, etc. When we opened the door to the room Barbara was in, we saw her laying in a cage and all rushed into the room to free her. After the last person walked through the door, the door slammed shut and the room began to fill with gas. Some of us tried holding our breath for as long as we could, but one by one, we each passed out. We woke up to find ourselves in cages. Barbara was still there, but Thea was once again missing. Shortly after waking up, Mbaka crashed through the door. Apparently, we'd been out for about 16 hours and he was getting worried. So, fearing the worst, he came searching for us. He also told us about the abandoned monastery on top of the cliff, that upon doing some research and investigating, he discovered had a secret basement dungeon that likely connected to the tunnels we were currently in and was being used by the assassins. Rather than trying to navigate the rest of the tunnels, we made our way back outside so we could send Hamish and Barbara back to the city. We arranged for Hamish to come back with reinforcements, but that would take about 10 hours. We found a place to take a long rest, during which Mbaka disappeared, but that was kind of his thing, so we didn't worry about it. We made our way up to the monastery, which took about 30 minutes. 
Rather than waiting the remaining 90 minutes for reinforcements, we went ahead and began exploring the monastery, eager to rescue our friend. It didn't take long for us to find the hidden entrance to the basement stairwell. We ended that session there, and the DM warned us that the final boss fight was approaching and that it could very well end with a total party kill. We were all okay with this because it had been a great story and an amazing ride up to this point regardless. We all wanted a challenge. Whether we won or lost, it was the end of the campaign, so it's not like we'd miss out on anything if we did lose this fight, but we were obviously still going to give it our best. We rolled for stealth as we made our way down the stairs, and Juzo rolled a nat 1, causing him to trip. Trogdor rolled a nat 20 to catch him and stop him from tumbling to the bottom, but enough noise was made to alert some of the assassins at the bottom of the stairs, and they rushed in and attacked. We fought our way to the bottom to find ourselves in a huge circular room filled with about a hundred more assassins. In the middle of the room was a pool of glowing green liquid which was surrounded on three sides by a dozen naked crucified elves with syringes attached to them that were draining their blood slowly into the pool. We immediately recognized Thea tied up and being drained. A door opened on the side of the room 90 degrees from where we entered and all the assassins froze and stopped fighting us. Being heavily outnumbered, we stopped fighting as well. A decrepit old man shuffled into the room, assisted by a couple of the elite assassins. Without saying anything, he made his way to the foot of the pool. An elite assassin lowered him in. He was fully submerged for about two seconds before leaping out of the pool and landing a few feet away, now looking like a man in his prime, with glowing red eyes and a feral look on his face. He took a second to compose himself before going into a typical villain monologue. While he was talking, Akash noticed a shadow descend from the ceiling above Thea. It was Mbaka! Mbaka undid her restraints, fed her a health potion, handed her her spell focus, told her to stay still until he said the time was right, and left an assassin's robe, liberated from its previous owner, at her feet. He then disappeared again. As soon as the villain, who introduced himself as Diablosef, was done monologuing and the fighting broke out, Mbaka reappeared on the opposite side of the room from us and began silently eliminating assassins one by one. Diablosef got a couple devastating attacks in, as well as summoning a vampire. Then Thea's turn came up in initiative. She was livid after everything she'd been put through, but she remained mostly calm as she turned the tide of the battle in our favor. She jumped off the contraption she was pretending to still be held on and yelled a few choice words at Diablosef while picking up the robe at her feet. She then cast Force Cage on him, trapping him in an unbreakable, undispellable box, and ended her turn. Now for up to an hour, Diablosef couldn't do anything except causing fear on us if we got too close to him. We couldn't hurt him either, but we were free to focus on all the assassins that were closing in on us, as well as his six elite assassins. Diablosef noticed Mbaka in the back, stealthily taking out his grunts and shouted out, bringing most of the assassins' focus to Mbaka. Now we only had the elites, a small number of grunts, and the vampire trying to kill us. Juzo was throwing punches, Trogdor dishing out damage with his flame sword, Alora and Akash using AoE spells, and Thea going back and forth between support and heavy damage. A few rounds later, when some of us were a bit injured, Thea and Akash both hatched an idea that the DM didn't plan for, to jump in the pool ourselves, but were concerned about it backfiring. Thea convinced the party to let her do it. She cast a magic circle that would protect us while she jumped in. She dove in and immediately emerged with full health and some extra power added to her next attack. Mbaka was taking out assassins a few at a time, but eventually went down with about 20 left. While the rest of the party focused on the elites and assassins, Thea cast a reverse magic circle on the vampire, trapping him in it. Akash flew over to Mbaka's unconscious body, then used Dimension Door to teleport both of them into the pool. They both emerged with full health, but Mbaka failed his wisdom save to retain control. Akash cast Charm Person on him, which he also failed his save for, and reminded him who his allies were. That's about the time that the reinforcements showed up as well. 
Fast forward a couple more rounds, and all the enemies were either dead or had surrendered, except Diablosef, who was still trapped in the force cage for a while. We took some time to heal and quickly check out the adjacent rooms, while Trogdor and Juzo kept an eye on Diablosef, and the cops that Hamish brought escorted those who surrendered to jail. Alora and Akash found Diablosef's lab and journals, and were able to discover that the liquid in the pool could heal us by simply rubbing a handful on ourselves, as well as Diablosef's age, 666. Thea found her clothes and items, and once we were all back in the main room, released the force cage. Diablosef hit us with a couple more devastating attacks, but we were all back at full health thanks to using the pool. We went through one full initiative round of everyone using their most powerful attacks and spells, and Diablosef was dead. Akash was last in initiative and dealt the killing blow with Blight, and Diablosef shriveled up and died right then and there, about 20 feet away from the pool that had kept him strong and alive for over 600 years. If it weren't for that force cage, there's no way we would have made it through that fight without suffering casualties. After the fight, we rescued the remaining elves and made sure they were all okay, before getting them back to the city. We had a long discussion about what to do with the pool. Akash was set on destroying it, but everyone else argued that it could help people, if we could keep it out of the wrong hands. When the mayor offered to let us buy the monastery at a heavily discounted price, Lord Wayne purchased it for us, as well as giving each of us a few thousand gold for our trouble, and for agreeing to keep a secret. Alora returned to the forest, but visited on occasion. Trogdor returned to the force and convinced Hamish that Mbaka was an ally, not a threat. The rest of us turned the monastery into a home slash base, with the added bonus of being able to control who had access to the pool in the basement. Thanks for listening to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon. We'd love to have you subscribe and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Until next time!